they, um, <laughs> they always ask, and I'm always like, no, I'm good. But as I was walking up to the counter, they, they had an air horn laying on the, um, on the counter there. And it said, I don't remember what it said. It said if you donate, basically you get to blow the air horn. And I'm just, I'm ready to go at that point because I, <laughs> I wanted to blow the air horn. And there was, this, there was this guy, like basically like me, you know the guy that, I don't know why people don't understand this, but cell phones, they, they've spent millions of dollars on this little thing called a microphone, and you don't have to yell in it anymore. Uh, but, but this guy's just screaming in his phone like the person it couldn't hear him, but he's just loud and obnoxious, and so I'm just thinking, this is going to be great. I, I'm going to blow the air horn right at this guy. And so it's like whatever I'm getting, it, it's like you know, uh, whatever, in 98 cents, and, and so I'm like, I'd like to donate, and she's like, do you want to just round up to a dollar, and I'm like, two, two, two pennies, because I'm thinking I would have given $20 at this point, I, I was ready to go, um, but anyway, I, I think I did it for like a couple, couple dollars, and then I, I got to air, blow the air horn, and, and all the students thought it was the greatest thing in the world, um, it was super loud, the guy on the phone, he freaked out, um, all the little kids, and I don't. It was fair game because it, it had a big sign on it and everything. It said that you could do it. But I'm thinking we should do that here. Like if there was an air horn in the little offering basket, I would give every. Like I would give way more than usual just to be able to do that. That's just me personally. I I, I don't know. Pastor Keith didn't hear. He didn't get the same swag service as me. I'm gonna get my own table. Don't y'all worry about that. I know, right? Somebody's getting a nasty email Monday. Y'all just wait. <laughs> Drew. Yeah, you better be sorry. I already don't want to be up here. Nervous. How many of you love public speaking? Exactly. I hate it. I really do. I honestly feel like preaching from the stage is like 10% of, of a good ministry. Like, I, I honestly feel like... Um, we do, I do a lot of work with the students, like we'll go and, and serve in different places, and that's incredible, but just the everyday life, being able to, like, I own an air conditioning company and a, a snow biz, terrible idea, but, but we got it, um, and that's a whole different story, <laughs> but uh, I, I love that type of ministry, like, that's really cool, like, doing life with people, and, and what y'all get to do every day, you know, going to work, and and just spending life with people, just being able to be there, being a, a light in a dark place. It's just a, an incredible opportunity, and, and I love that. And so here, look at that. Robert Young with the win. I wasn't going to bring the chair because I'm exhausted. I'm afraid that I would just sit in it the whole time. But we'll see how that goes later. Um, we were at, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we we did overflow last night which is like this big christian concert thing in montgomery and uh we we did snow biz and and then uh, all of my help disappeared when it was time to clean up conveniently and then some of them even went to eat without inviting me to eat I'm a little hurt there but i'm getting over it slowly so tonight or tonight <laughs> Normally, I preach on Wednesday night, so this is a little different. But this morning, I, I was originally going to preach a, a message about being selfish, but apparently, I'm not allowed to say, uh, uh, I'm not, well, I can't even tell you what I'm not allowed to say, because I'm not allowed to say it. 
But <laughs> it, it basically, it's like if you do something you know you shouldn't do, but you do it anyway. Y'all know what that one is? <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah. So I, I can't say the, the abbreviated version of that. And it just didn't roll off the tongue every time I'd have to say it, you know, be selfish, not. Blah, blah, blah. So, and then somebody hijacked my couch. I had a, but I, I'm sure it's being very well used. I, I had a little prop and analogy, and I just wasn't feeling it, honestly. Like I was, I was kind of suffering through writing that whole deal. So, so today instead we, we, get, we get this message, which is, I, I really, I like this one. This one's really important to me personally. Um, and, and essentially, like I'm, I'm terrified that there's a lot of people in this in the in the south especially but but just in our region and where we live that that think that they're saved but really aren't they they think that they have a relationship with Christ but really don't and I I hear that a lot like I get that a lot of, I get a lot of people uh students and adults that that go through life and and actually thought that they had a relationship with Christ and actually believed that <laughs> actually assumed, uh, maybe believed, that, that they had a relationship with Christ, and, and yet still wasn't quite there. And so this morning, I, I just want to kind of highlight a little bit of that. And, and for me personally, when, when I was 11-ish years old, I was in like this little vacation Bible school thing, and they were like, who's a Christian? And, and everybody raised their hand, and, and not me, you know, I, I didn't, I was just sitting there, and it was like target immediately, you know, it's like, we got to get this kid saved, like that's the only thing we're doing this week. And so, they, you know, they swoop me up and they're like, you know, say this prayer, do this stuff. And then they told me I was saved. Like, I, I went through the whole motions. I went in this big, scary office. It was terrifying. Um, and I still remember it. I didn't even like the pastor after that because it was just, it was so intimidating. I, I think he has some, like, big African safari spear thing in there. And I'm like, that's just crazy. But, um, so even at, at 11, like, I genuinely thought, like, I had become a Christian. Like, I, they, they led me through this little prayer thing, and, and they were even like, well, congratulations, you're a, you're a Christian now. And um, that was, that's a really, really scary thing for me, because I, I wasn't a Christian. Like, I, I thought that I was a Christian, because people were telling me that I was a Christian, but, but I wasn't, I wasn't there. Do you know what I mean? And, and so, Another reason it's, it's so, so important, like in the Bible, we're, we're warned over and over again, like the, the Pharisees, they were on a great track. The Pharisees were doing an incredible job, and, and I think some of them were genuinely trying to be great people. They were trying to be followers of God, and, and they were still missing it. And then you've got the whole verse, the Lord, Lord, and, and then few will enter, and, and all of that fun stuff. So it, it gets interesting, but even with that prayer, like in Romans ten nine, we see... If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. And so even right there, like we see, like it's so easy just to place your faith in Christ and, and just profess that you're a Christian and, and confess and tell the world that, that you believe in Christ. But the problem with that is believe is a big, big word. Like, we don't understand that sometimes. Like, we just, we take it and we just say it, but there's nothing there. But the, the word believe, it, it's huge. In John 14, 12, Jesus defines it just a little bit for us. And he says, if you truly believe in me, oh, I'll just read what it says instead of what I remember. It says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. Belief will always result in action. Like, it's a, it's a big deal. Um, it's not just a, hey, 
I believe or, or whatever. Um, let's see. Who wants an illustration? Do we, do we like illustrations? Analogies? Let's see. Jay, come, you come stand up here. Somebody else that doesn't know me. Who's not afraid? Let's see. Jeremy, you're good, right? You got some, huh? Uh, yeah, but you, you may not. Come on up here. You'll be all right. <laughs> I won't hurt you for, for long. You have flip-flops on? You might, yeah. Eh. My shoes aren't even tied, so you have a chance. You're good, right? Right here. Right there is perfect. And so this morning, <laughs> where's he going? <laughs> this, <laughs> this morning I have just a, a, little, a little illustration. Um, see, he, he's already ready to roll. Uh, and, and he knows. Uh, poor, poor Jeremy over here. See, he, <laughs> he knows a little bit. But this one, you know, he, <laughs> not too bad. You really don't trust me? Yeah, Just, what, is that in your hand? what is what in my hand? A shocker? A shocker. If it were a shocker, would you still be up here? You would still be up here? Do you know, I, I need you to know that I will do whatever it takes to, to make a great illustration here. <laughs> you understand, right? So... I don't understand why he's still up here, because, right, he's smart enough to already be back in his seat, because he, unlike him, has experienced what this is all about, because here, like, it's, it's a bad deal, like, like here, it's, it's not, you could have stayed a little longer. Because of his belief in this, it, ooh, that, that, sounds, that sounds really cool. That was kind of close, though. It'll hurt you. Um, because of his belief, he was gone. Even Jay, as soon as I pulled it out of my pocket, you saw he took off over here to the right, already putting distance in between there. Jeremy has heard enough about me that, that he has a, a little bit of a relationship to where he knows just enough to be cautious but still hasn't experienced this. Because I promise you, if he would just let me tap him just for a second with, with this, he would have been gone. Have you ever been hit by it? Like you've, it hurt, it, it's not fun. Um, not that I run around and take, take, <laughs> well, <laughs> I have. <laughs> Sometimes we play uh, spin the taser. Uh, that's a terrible game. And just for the record, it's only 650 volts. Like, it's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not too bad. It just feels like you're getting pinched. But the beautiful example there, the, the beautiful reality is that his relationship with the taser, it prompted him to move. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's nobody in here that would ever question whether or not he has a relationship with that taser. Now, in the beginning, he looked kind of crazy because he was moving before any of you even realized what was going on. Like, he was already ready to run. And, and that looked kind of crazy. And, and we see that in 1 Corinthians 1.18. It says, The message of the cross is foolishness, or is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know 
it is the very power of God. The world will think you're crazy. Like a lot of times we, we see people doing stuff and we, we see action that, that people are, are going through. We, we see people moving and we don't understand it sometimes. We don't understand why people would sell everything that they own and move to China or sell everything that they own and move to Mexico and start a ministry over there. Or we don't understand why people would, would drive beat up old cars and, and give all of their money to the church. And, and we don't necessarily understand why people do a lot of the things that they do. Because we, we may not know. Like the, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people in this world and, and it looks like foolishness. That action that we have, that movement that is created by God, it, it looks like foolishness sometimes to the to untrained eye, to people that don't know. But in reality, that, that movement is, is being generated by a relationship with Christ. That movement is essential. There's no way that you can tell me that, that you have a relationship with Christ, that you know Christ, and there's no movement in your life. Because all of you, you would say that, that he's a liar. Like if, if he stood here for very long, like <laughs> I seriously doubt he would stand here and just let me tase him. But if he did, you would almost like you would be able to guarantee me that he has no relationship with this because this right here will make you move. Like you know, there's no question that that he has experienced what this has to offer because he runs away from it, and that that movement is there. You can see it with your eyes. But there's, how can we say that we know Christ? How can we say that we have a relationship with the God who created everything, with, the, with Christ that saved us, but there's no movement in our life? There's nothing that, that proves that. There's nothing that, that has changed. Um, we see in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has become. You immediately notice the difference. As soon as Jeremy understood what that was, it, as soon as he saw the power that this had to offer, it changed his location. He went straight back there. And I guarantee you, if I start walking back there, he's going to get up. Like, there's, there's no doubt because he's a new person now. He's not even going to be the same at lunch today. Like, he's going to be thinking, is Blake here? Where's, where's the taser? You know what I mean? Like, every time we see each other now, our relationship has changed drastically. Who we are, because of his belief in this right here, everything about him has changed now. And he's going to, every time we meet, is the taser in his pocket? Like that's, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's what I would be. Every time I walk into the youth room, I'm like, I wonder if they found the taser. Uh, it, it gets scary. It, it absolutely gets scary. Um, and so there it says, Colossians 3, 1, it says, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, when Christ who is your life, is revealed, the whole world you will share in his glory. The, the thing I like here, it says that since you've been raised to a new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. At, at lunch today, and, and even right now, most of you are, are thinking about the taser, wondering what's going to happen with it next, just because the the power that it has to offer. But the 
the real power is, is who Christ is. And, and when it says set your sights on heaven, set your sights on Christ above, it really, it's an all the time thing. Like there's, there's never going to be a moment when me and Jeremy are hanging out and he's not thinking, where's the taser? And when you believe in Christ, like when, when you've experienced Christ in, in, a, in a real life-changing way, like when you truly have a relationship with Christ, you're constantly going to be thinking about it. It's going to be on your mind every day at work, every day when, when you're hanging out with your kids, every day when you're cooking, cleaning house, whatever it is, it, it's going to be there. That, that mindset of, of who Christ is, but because of that power, there's no way that you can tell me that, that this little bitty taser is more powerful than Christ, that this little taser is more life-changing than Christ is. There, it's, it's not a possibility. It's not even feasible. And so the, the question being, like, how much more should we be thinking about Christ every day? How much more should he be on our minds every day when, when you're working, when you're doing whatever it is about it, like, I'm constantly thinking, like, how can I honor God with what I'm doing? And it, it normally results in costing me a ton of money and huge blessings. But like with the air conditioning stuff, I mean, it, it's so easy to lie and cheat and steal and everything else. But because of that relationship with Christ, because of being able to know who he is, I get to honor him with everything that I do. And, and being able to work with the students and stuff, it gets to, to just kind of show them that just a little bit. You know, they're, they're constantly hey, steal that, or hey, charge $1,000, not 200 or, you know, it's like constantly being told, like, to go away from the whole honoring God thing, and, and here, but because of that life-changing relationship, because of that mindset that's focused on Christ, and not focused on the things of this world, not focused on making money, or not focused on impressing people, not focused on personal gain, but, but focused on investing into the interest of other people, it that's the power of the gospel. Like, that's the power of who Christ is, being able to invest into a lost and dying world. And, and that's what having a relationship with Christ does. That's what believing is. Though we, we so often, we, we say that we believe, but there's, there's just no action there. And that, that's a hard sell because we, we hear it over and over, especially like in the South. Like, we hear like, oh yeah, we're all Christians. We believe in God. And but there's, there's no action there. Like, if that belief isn't motivating you to do something, then that belief probably isn't real. Like, there's, there's no way that, that you're going to stand up here and say that you believe in the taser and let, like, that just doesn't work. Like, you're, you're running away from it. Like, that's what belief is. Like, there's an action there, and that, that belief will always result in an action, and it, it's mind-consuming as well. Like being able to to just constantly think about who Christ is is absolutely an incredible gift, um, and just being able to to focus on that. In the might as well throw the little the little cliche lukewarm thing in there. Um, Revelation three sixteen it says, "But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold." I will spit you out of my mouth. When you know Christ, there is no middle ground. Um, when you truly have a relationship with Christ, there's, there's nothing in between. Uh, just like with the, I mean, I, I love the taser analogy because there's, there's no in between. You know what I mean? Like, Jeremy wouldn't even let me put my arm around him. I just wanted to hug him. Uh, but he was, he was already gone because he, 
he already he had an idea like he already knew and and Jay there's there's no way that Jay's gonna let me get close to him because he he's definitely experienced it and, and there's no like didn't even have to think about it you know what I mean like it, it wasn't even a question like they tried to respect me and stay up here as long as they could but they still they they didn't want to be up here and it's the same way with with Christ I, I promise you it, it's a life-changing experience and if if there's days like where it's it's like in between I might want to be a Christian might not <laughs> we need to reevaluate like do we truly believe in Christ do we truly understand what it means because here it's it's so easily defined I mean like Christ tells us so so perfectly in John fourteen twelve. Back up at the top, it says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done, and even greater works, because he's going to be with the Father. And so here, like that, that believing, it's a call to action, which is, is absolutely incredible. And, and so many times, we downplay the whole, like, yeah, I, I believe in God. Like, that's, that's the extent of it. Like, that's how we define. We define believing in God by the second part. Like, it says if you openly confess and declare that that you have faith in God like we we put those two together those are separate things like those are completely separate like there's believing and there's there's confessing there's there's believing and there's proclaiming that that you know who Christ is but but those are two separate things and then my my favorite part is that once you believe you don't really even have to proclaim anymore like if you truly believed you wouldn't have to tell anybody that you believe because they'll see it like they'll see that there's a difference just like here with the taser like if I start walking through these aisles this whole section here they will know that y'all believe in the taser like there won't be any question at all like you don't even have to stand up and say I believe like, they'll know already. Like, they'll, they'll completely understand it. And so, for our life, like, for, for me, for so many years, I was going through life, and, and I wasn't a bad kid. I wasn't, you know, doing, I really wasn't doing a lot of stuff that was wrong. My parents are here. I don't want to go down that road. Uh, so I really wasn't. Uh, in, in high school, I, I, I didn't drink because I didn't like the taste of alcohol, not because I was a super Christian person. Uh, I didn't smoke. I, I just thought those were nasty. Uh, my, my father uh, swapped Coke bottles on me when I was a little kid, uh, and there, there was a big bottle of spit. Uh, and I, I can still, like, I, I see it all so clear. Uh, and... And so I never, I never dipped. Uh, I think I threw up everything I'd ever eaten in my life that day. Uh, and so that, that was terrible. But because of that, because of that, um, you know, not being a bad person, I thought that I was a good Christian. Like I genuinely thought, like I'm, I'm doing the right stuff. I go to church. I had no idea what they were saying. How many of y'all do that? Like some of you don't even know what I'm saying right now. Like the taser helps. But seriously, like, I would sit there, and we would get done, I'd be like, what, what did he, what did they say? Um, but I was there, you know, like, I, I felt like I was still, a, I'm a good Christian, I was, I was doing the right thing at the right time, and, but it, it really came down to, I was still, there was no, no change, like, from, from, I, and I guess at 11 to, like, 17, there's, there's a really big difference, but, but when I met Christ, like, when I, when I truly, started to believe in who Christ was, there was a huge difference in my life. 
You know what I mean? Like, there was a, a drastic change, and not, not just, like, the things that I was doing, but more the reasons that I was doing them. Like, a lot of the same stuff, like, I still went to church, I still didn't drink. Wouldn't that be messed up? Like, I became a Christian and started smoking. Uh, but no, like, so I, I already was a, a good kid or whatever, but my, my motives changed, you know what I mean? And, and people could see that, like, my, my friends started to, to realize that and, and kind of jump on board with it, and uh, they would try to, like, they would try to, like, to have little prayers before we did stuff, you know, like, before we ate to honor me because they knew that I was, like, a Christian and they thought that would be cool or, or whatever, but... Um, but it was really cool just to see the, the impact that it, that it made in their life as well. But, but what was so scary was that for so long, for six years, I went through life thinking that everything was okay. Thinking that if I died today, I would get to go to heaven because I'm a good person, because I believe or whatever. But I, I never truly evaluated my life. I never truly sat down and thought, what does, it, what does it mean to believe in Christ? Because nobody ever told me. Well, maybe they did tell me. I just wasn't listening. Um, but nobody really, like, I, I just, I heard it over and over again. You know, if you believe in Christ, everything's good and, and you're good. Like, believing is great. And so, I, w- I just never really thought about it. And, and so today, my, my heart and my, my goal, and, and especially like with student ministry and, and even here today, is just to challenge you just to think about it. Like, just to to consider the possibilities. Because if you're sitting there and you think you're saved and you die, then, you know, if I'm right, you're, you're, you're in trouble. Um, you're, you're pretty messed up. Like if, if there's even a, a little bitty smallest percent chance, like a point zero 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 one percent chance that I might be right, then it would mean the whole world for you, eternity, to, to look into that, just to to pray about it, just to consider it, just to, to seek a little more, what does it mean to believe? What does it mean to truly have a relationship with Christ? What does that look like? What in my life is, is moving? Like, does your belief result in any kind of action? What's the difference between, like, when you believed in Christ and when you didn't believe in Christ? What's the difference between when you, when you said that I'm a Christian and, and didn't say that you were a Christian? And so here... That, that knowledge, that relationship with Christ is absolutely life-changing, but it, it also causes us to do. And in Matthew seven twenty one, it says, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. That's one of the scariest verses in the, in the world for me. Like, I, I feel like that verse right there is, is absolutely terrifying because the reality is that there's people that are here today that, that truly think that they believe. Like, we're going through the right motions and, and doing them with the wrong reasons. We're, we're going through the, the whole, like, let's go to church, and then when we leave, everything's different. But, but I promise you, when you leave here today, if you see me at lunch, you're thinking taser. Like, there's no way. Like, the rest of the time, you're like, this is what you'll be thinking about. And there, there's no way that, that you can leave here being a Christian. There's no way that you can leave here truly believing in who Christ is and not constantly be thinking about what He wants you to do. Not constantly be thinking about how incredible He is. Not constantly be thinking about how you can honor Him in everything that you have in this life. And so, 
if that's not where you are, if, if that belief that you have doesn't motivate you to action, if that belief that you have doesn't keep Christ in the front of your mind continuously throughout your day, then I would challenge you to continue to seek God. Continue to seek that relationship with Him. Continue to look, because that's what happened for me when, when I was 17 or, or whatever. I started reading my Bible. I, I started seeking God on my own, and it was absolutely life-changing. It was absolutely the, the best thing that I've ever done in my life was, was actually pursuing a relationship with Christ, was actually looking to see if everything was right. And, and I, I printed all this stuff out. You can take it with you and check it all for yourselves. There's no reason for you to believe anything that I'm saying. That would be foolishness, honestly, like to, to just trust me and not verify. I tell the parents all the time, you trust, but verify. And so here, you need to look over this. You need to take it home. You need to seek for yourself. You need to search and see what's true and what's not because it's, it's absolutely a life-changing message one way or the other. If the belief that you have doesn't motivate you to action, it might not be belief at all. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for who you are and, and thank you for just your, your powerful word, God, the, the incredible uh, just truth and, and the incredible ability that, that you've given us to know you, to have a relationship with you, God. I just pray that, that you just speak to the hearts of the people in the room, Lord. Help us to be honest in our evaluation of ourselves, God. Help us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling and help us to pursue you above everything else, Lord. I, I just pray that you would take that belief that we think we have, and God, I pray that you would make it real, Lord, if it's not already. God, I just thank you for just who you are and allowing us to be a part of the kingdom. We love you. Amen.